0: And Wright takes a step. Ritchie makes no mistake this time. They just needed the one, York United, and the floodgates have seemingly opened.
1: Everybody, welcome to another edition of the CPL newsroom presented by Volkswagen. My name is Christian Jack. For the next 45 minutes or so, we will recap a dramatic week 20 in the Canadian Premier League, a week where only Pacific of the top six lost, and the the league table gets even closer. Well, at least until the final game of the weekend, it got closer. And then Cavalry FC took another significant step towards their first ever major trophy by opening up a four point lead at the top after a narrow victory. Over the aforementioned Pacific. Let's take a look at the results from the weekend before we break it down with all our friends. As usual, York United started the game on Friday night, uh, down by one goal to nil after Gabriel Batar's goal in the first half. But Moba Bouli from the spot and Austin Ricci's late winner secured all three points for Martin Nash's team. On Saturday, Halifax Wanderers 3, Valor Nil, goals by Dan Nimick, Giao Morelli, and Thomas Geraldo. On Saturday night, it was scoreless in the nation's capital between Athletico Ottawa. And forge, and as mentioned, Sunday a barn burner, top of the table clash in front of a packed house in Calgary saw so Cavalry one Pacific nil, decided by a Maya Bevan penalty. That is where we start this week. Cavalry extend their lead at the top of the table. We bring in our very own Charlie O'Connor Clark, who watched this one. Charlie, great to see you again. It was tense. It was tight. In the end, it was Tommy's team that got the three points uh, and went right for them. Overall, what did you like about this one? Another kind of playoff atmosphere game as we get closer to the postseason. Yeah, definitely a playoff atmosphere and playoff stakes. Uh, This
2: was an interesting game. It felt like it had kind of phases to it. It started kind of open in the first five minutes with both teams maybe hoping to to steal one really early and and set the tone for that game. Then after that, they kind of settled down. Both teams went into their game plan. Obviously, Cavalry expecting to possess the ball in this game, trying to pick a way through, while uh, while Pacific just pressed them. They they tried to to get at them, front foot defending as James Merriman talked about before the game, and I thought they did quite a good job in those early stages. Kind of, there really weren't a lot of of high quality chances in the opening stages, but then the game changes massively in in this moment on screen here at the moment where uh, Cavalry win a penalty. Myel Henry goes down in the box. Um, and that it's, it's a, a moment and a call that changes this game dramatically because after that, Cavalry go into uh, lead protection mode, really. They kind of they kind of reserve themselves a little bit. They, they get a little bit uh, more compact in their shape and they invite Pacific to pr- possess the ball and, and, and to try and play through them after Pacific had been expecting maybe something a little bit different where they're trying to win the ball and play in transition. And then after that, Pacific just couldn't really find a way through Uh, for a lot of this game this has been a bit of a theme for them in recent weeks uh, until really the game went into some madness and chaos in the last maybe five ten minutes where uh, it kind of went off the rails a little bit and felt a lot like a playoff game where there's some desperation I think from Pacific but uh, yeah I think it's a, a professional win for Cavalry and an important one for them to stay hot at home that's four in a row at home now and Obviously, the table doesn't lie there, four points clear. So this was a this was you know a, a game that could be a bit of a playoff preview as well. So I think it's definitely, it was a, a fascinating kind of tactical chess match for both coaches.
1: Yeah, lots to get into here. Uh, let's talk about the positives. Uh, first of all, I certainly want to. Uh, Cavalry had a great crowd last week that beat their home opener. And guess what? This week, they beat that as well. Uh, so the fans were packed. Fantastic to see every credit to that club um, who had a complimentary tickets out to individuals taking refuge in Calgary because obviously have been displaced by the fires in BC um, and Northwest Territories as well. Uh, great to see the teams come together with the flags before the game. That's what this is about. That's what the sport is about community and taking care of people and giving the complimentary tickets. So every credit to that wonderful club that did that as well. Um, and of course they're playing really well uh, and that certainly helps a great atmosphere um, as, as well so let's hear from Tommy Wilden Jr. on that and the particular race at the moment as we go back to Spruce Meadows at Cofield and the battle to be number one overall in the regular season
3: we want to go there we want our players to be exposed there we want as coaching staff to be exposed there this is a phenomenal league and you're looking at the Points and the parity in it, it's going to be hard to win the regular season because you've got to go to all corners of the country and pick up points. And for me, the regular season champion this year means more than ever because you get the number one spot in playoffs, so you get a better run in, and you also get a guaranteed berth to Concacaf. So if everyone isn't playing for the regular season title, I think they're, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what their reason is.
1: Interesting stuff. Progress definitely happening there. Um, it's always been about just getting the top four uh, in the past. Uh, now, obviously, people are talking about winning trophies. Uh, it was a packed crowd, far more games of meaning. Uh, Charlie, two trophies in a new format. It seemingly has transformed this league. It's certainly transformed Cavalry in their approach, You know, It has.
2: I mean, we just see what it is in the table and how, uh, how desperate teams are to, make sure that they they keep afloat in that race uh it, it makes every game feel very meaningful it at times makes them start out a little bit cagey because teams don't want to make that mistake and fall behind but it makes the big moments and the goals and the wins mean so so much more and for cavalry in particular obviously we talk about them having not lifted a trophy in their time in the cpl despite being one of the top sides in terms of wins and points every single year of this league uh, you know, we, we should say that, that Tommy did mention just before that quote yesterday that they've felt uh, they've had a bit of a chip on their shoulders since 2019 because they were the top team in both the spring and the fall. They felt that they should have had the CONCACAF League spot actually that year. So since then, they've been pretty desperate to get into a CONCACAF play. I feel like they'd be a really fun team to watch in continental play as well with, with the aggression they play with. So there is a lot on the line for them. And and they're certainly the the balls in their court at this point because they, Are I think when you're when you're four point four points clear this late it they would be they would have to be the favorites to lift that that regular season title and then they're also very keen on making sure that the road to the playoff championship goes through Calgary because Mm -hmm. that's a place that they've been very strong this year
1: yeah fantastic point look let's talk more about them before we do let's go back to Bruce Meadows at Field and hear more from Tommy Wilden Jr. on a bit more of a new cavalry this year
3: and, and I think, Charlie, what you're seeing, and I've said this a few times, this is the new cavalry uh, with old values and, and and think the old values finished the game and the new cavalry started the game. Um, I think what we've got now is we've got a little bit of risk reward. We know Pacific play on the front foot. They like a press and credit to them. They give us hell in that first half, but we knew that in doing so they would leave gaps and hence where the chance for the penalty came for was because they were on the front foot. And you've got to have different ways to, to, to win football matches. And I said it was, uh, it was really good today.
1: So Cavalry, eight wins in their last 11 games. And the other three, by the way, one of them, they led 2-0 in Winnipeg. And the other two, they lost against Ottawa, who they seemingly lose to more than anybody else. Um, they now go on a road trip, Charlie. Three-game road trip, Atletico, Ottawa, Forge, and Halifax. And then out of that, they end the season with three of their last four at home, where we know how good they are. Is it as simple as get through this road trip if they're still winning at the end of it and top of the table, they will be big favorites to lift the trophy? I think it has to be. I
2: mean, this road trip does start in Ottawa. I think, as we mentioned, has been a, a very difficult matchup for them. But yeah, if you go through these three games against three teams who are all in playoff spots at the moment and you get even five points from that, I think you'd probably expect them to come out of it. Even if not technically on top at that point, probably still favorites to lift the trophy because of... Uh, the, the home games that they'll have left on the schedule they're continuing to evolve this year i think under under tommy we've spoken a lot on this show about the points they've given up from winning positions uh, and obviously they did it against valor not long ago but this was a game where it felt a little bit at times after the first half that a goal might be enough and then it turned out it was because they score that goal they get they they find that moment it, it, it arrives for them maybe they're a, a, a little bit uh fortunate for the the call but they score the goal and, and to their credit they shut it down after that they really took the life out of out of pacific's attack made them play into them uh, and and i think that that is kind of the mark of a good team that doesn't really seem particularly phased by what the opposition is doing in those moments and they really controlled the the tempo of this game especially after they went up
1: Yeah, as you said and wrote, they were fortunate. I mentioned it in the One Soccer postgame show as well. I think most people believe that's absolutely not a penalty. Um, And it's a very, very very difficult situation for the referees to be put in. Yes, the referee, uh, one of the best in the league, got it wrong. But as I said in the show, uh, these players need to take more responsibility. And um, okay, they got it. They got it go their way this time. Uh, But if players are going to skate, you know, that fine line between uh sportsman like stuff and getting advantage then sometimes it's going to go against you so i just keep an eye on that one but as you mentioned look cavalry we're giving them a ton of credit here for a reason uh that's now and and credit mitchell last week for bringing this stat up but he's right i think that's 16 now out of 21 games where they've taken the lead uh they've Mm -hmm. got the best home record again this season they traditionally always have the best home record in the in the league um it's gonna be they're gonna be a really tough out a really tough out here uh, and as we alluded to, if you if they can come back after that road trip, as you said there on top, um, with three games to play out of the last four at home, um, that, that's going to be really difficult for someone to be able to take over that league title. On that, we need to go back to Spruce Meadows at Alcofield Field a little bit more and listen to uh, some pl- player reaction. Here is goalkeeper Marco Carducci on their terrific home form in Calgary.
4: It's incredible. I think
1: it's something that we've,
4: uh, you know, speaking as someone who's been here since the beginning, uh, the home ground has always been our fortress. We have the best fans in the league by far. Every single game, they're out there supporting us. And, and we know teams do not like coming here. And um, you know, for us, it's important that we make this place a fortress. And we've been, we've been doing that lately, uh, which is really good. But um, you know, for us, it's, it's basically a non-negotiable. It's that when teams come to play us at home, we're, we're the ones who are dominating, we're the ones who are controlling it. But a lot of credit goes out to our supporters, our fans, every single game. We can't do it without them. Um, So, yeah, we'll we'll continue doing that and we'll, we'll hopefully keep that home form
1: going. Marco mentioned the word control there. I think the their, their game management has improved dramatically. They gave away a lot of points from winning positions earlier this season. You can see that they're, de- they're happy to take the 1 0. They took off Moosey, they took off Bevan. Let's see it out. We don't think you can break us down. And they were right. Let's bring us uh, that now, bring us to Pacific, who are in a really, real bad rut, Charlie. I think that's eight points from 10. Um, by the way, Merriman was booked, which means he's suspended for next week. <clears throat> He'll join Amir Adidic, um, General Daniels, and George Mukumbulia. Oh, Mukumbulia, I'll get it out in a second, are all suspended for that game as well. Um, Charlie, did they do enough to win this game? Um, and what did you make of their their their, their overall game plan uh, against a tough Calgary team? It's uh, it's tough. I feel like we might feel a little bit differently if
2: it had been nil nil, but at the same time... This is a team that's, at, at times this year, been the best attacking team in the league. They spent a long time leading the league in goals. That's no longer the case uh, yeah. because Cavalry have passed them. They have not been able to put the ball in the net. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of confidence in the attack at the moment, especially players like Easton Ongaro, Gennaro Daniels, who are meant to be there to score goals. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Pacific's eight points in their last 10 games. There's only one team in the league with fewer that and that's Vancouver with seven Uh, and when you're when you've been in first place for a long stretch of those 10 games that's just simply not good enough right I think Pacific's game plan in this game especially in the first half was good and James Merriman to he he was quite happy with the way they played in that first half they were getting at Calvary they were winning balls they were forcing them to play long or, or go backwards and and whatnot they were front foot defending but once they did get the ball once they won it they seem to just not have that that final execution they weren't turning the space they had into space in more dangerous areas the ball movement wasn't good enough to find those those final balls or to to prevent cavalry from getting back in their shape and stopping them so I think there's something very frustrating in a specific team at the moment and I don't know if it's going to take just a moment where a ball goes in for one of these players maybe mm-hmm. Easton Ongaro does put the ball in the net and you know, maybe if Marco Carducci doesn't make that save on him, uh, which is a great save, but again, maybe a header that he could have put a little bit further to the far post. If that ball goes in and maybe the confidence is there and he goes on a tear, there are enough talented players in a specific squad to go on a run. We've seen them do it, but at the moment, they just don't feel like
1: the, the exciting dynamic team that we know that they have been in the past. They certainly don't. Let's go back and get some player reaction. Here's Manny Aparicio on that frustration from their attack.
5: Yeah,
2: I think we, we kind of came out on the front foot, we came out with our game plan to, to try to press high and, and win the ball up in, in dangerous areas. Uh, kind of like what James just said as well, you know, I don't think we did enough with that because we did win a lot in, in dangerous areas. Um, and then second half, obviously, you know, when, when Cavalry went up 1-0, they, they allowed us to have possession. Uh, at the end of the day, that's part of the game. Uh, they kind
4: of buckled in and, and played well defensively. So I think it's also a part of that. You know, we didn't really have to press as much because they were content with, with the one Um And again, you know,
1: it,
2: it was on us to kind of try to break that down and, and, and try to create chances, and we weren't able to.
1: Two months ago, Pacific ended June on a nine-game unbeaten run and had 25 points. Uh, two months later, they've won two games out of nine and only got seven points from that run. It's been a dramatic turnaround. Uh, here's some of that on a negative style on a negative way. Here's some more reaction from their head coach. Here's James Merriman.
6: We did in the first half. I don't think I don't think they were able to find a rhythm. Um, we created problems in the buildup. Um, we could have taken better care of the ball in transition when we won the ball. Uh, we gave it away a little bit cheaply, which is difficult when we're running that much without it and, and pressing that aggressively uh, so we could be better there. But for sure, for sure we were there on the front foot together to, to put pressure on them, to not allow them to find rhythm. We just needed to be better with, with the ball ourselves to, to get something out of it in the first half um, and, then, and then I think after the goal uh, the game was still there for us. We need to be together, we need to believe and, and uh, be calm and continue to push and play and find a way to tie this game or get something out of this game. It's difficult to to walk away with, with no points.
1: Pacific return home for two games at home now against Valor and Halifax. As for Cavalry, uh, they go to their nemesis, hoping to turn it around in Ottawa on Saturday night against Atletico, Ottawa. Uh, that should be a big one. All right, Charlie, uh, time to end the show the way we've been ending it recently. Um, time for our segment where we end with each correspondent randomly getting a post an award uh, where you have to bring up a strong contender for it. Am I getting the award? Am uh, I winning it? I did. Is that what I said? I don't know. All, uh, i mean, <laughs> Alex. The, we, we can give you plenty of awards if you like. <laughs> uh, remind us who you had last week. What was your award and what, who was your nominee? Oh, what did I have last week?
2: I think I had goalkeeper because I picked you Tristan did. Henry. That's right. There you go.
1: Okay, there you go. I'm going to press the random uh, random word generated right now. And you get player of the year. Oh, um, man. So uh, let's hear a nominee for player of the year from Charlie O'Connor Clark. On the spot right here,
2: nominee for player of the year, please. This is, this is maybe for me the hardest one right now. I don't know if there's a runaway, but I think this might be the boring answer, but I, I think if, if I was going right now, it might be Ollie Bassett again.
7: <laughs>
2: In yeah, Ottawa, he's Oli having Baffel. a hell of a season.
1: Yeah. All right. That's fine. That's all we want. It's just nominations right now to, to generate the conversation. So that's uh, that's good. Uh, right. Well, Charlie, great stuff as ever. Thanks so much. Uh, keep up the great work. And of course, you can read Charlie's work at campiel.ca. Uh, we continue our journey from the top down in the standings. Atletico Ottawa were displaced from third for around about four hours on Saturday, but moved back there after a scoreless draw versus Forge in the nation's capital. Alex Gangurusic joins us. He has some great games you've covered this year, my friend. This was not really one of them. So overall, out of 10, what would you give this contest in terms of its compelling factor and why is it probably the lowest you're going to give this season?
6: Yeah, I'd say, I mean, in terms of intrigue, in terms of you know, spot in the standings, all that good stuff. It's pretty high. But in terms of the actual performance, the actual result, it's probably closer to a three or four. Uh, I think it was it was one where, look, this was a game for the nerds. This was a game for, you know, the the defenders. This was a game for the coaches. Um, but ultimately, it didn't really lead to all that much. It was just a cagey affair. Both teams didn't really want to give up much. And you know, I guess that's sometimes what you see when there's high-stake games. There, there's two sides of the coin. Sometimes the game opens up and teams kind of go after and ends up being a bit more of a slugfest. But in this case, uh, both teams kind of want to keep their cards close to their their vests. And I think we, we saw with, with how little chance... Like, I don't think I can remember a game this year where I've covered that is cumulatively both teams combined for less than one XG. I think combined there was 12 shots total. So not really a game for the attackers or uh, those who want offense.
1: No, certainly not. I mean, there's, as you said, still a lot to like about it. A fantastic crowd again on a Saturday night. I want to give credit to Forge as well, who a bunch of traveling Forge FC supporters were treated with apps and drinks, I think, paid by the club. Obviously, a long way to go there. Travel back right after the game as well. That's part of the culture that we're trying to develop in this country. A fantastic to see a road trip of over you know six hours or five and a half hours going there to watch a game on a Saturday night and coming back. So every credit as well for that. Um, but obviously didn't get the reward. Uh, they didn't lose the game uh, as well. So playoff atmosphere, top level football, uh, but not too many chances. Let's take uh, team by team then in our analysis, uh, AGR. And before we get to your take on the home side, let's go back to TD Place and hear from Atletico Ottawa's gaffer. Here's Carlos Gonzalez.
0: I feel that generally I can be very proud, first of all, because I think that the the image that the team showed today was a great a great image in which we see that the team is growing in every phase, in every situation, and uh, in which we compete really well. But, uh, as you say, uh, we didn't win today because of a reason. Uh, Maybe that reason was was that in the last third we were not sharp enough, we were not vertical enough, we didn't show the desire that we should in certain moments. Apart from that, I think that the team did a brilliant job, brilliant effort, Individually, collectively, so we only can feel that this is a a point that adds and we can only feel that uh, this is the way that we have to continue. We have to continue evolving the team, developing a little bit more and growing, but I think that the line that we already are in is uh, the correct
1: line couple of factors for me in this one. Um, An important step forward against a team they often struggle against. You remember last year, obviously Forge went there and won in the final. They also went there and thrashed them 4-0 last year and Schoenier scored late in the game this season as well. So that's a step forward for Ottawa that they didn't lose at home to Forge and uh, who knows, they may reach that point where they play them again very shortly in the playoffs in that stadium. Uh, AGR, they've only got, they've only lost one now in 10 in the past two months. Uh, What impressed you in particular about Uh, the home team in this game
6: yeah i mean uh for for ottawa was a typical ottawa performance i think off the ball just they remained extremely diligent in their defensive responsibilities um despite no diego espejo again no problem carly met who's been so good outright kind of slotted in the middle and and thought he was very solid miguel acosta which was back and that was a you know, a much needed return. I mean, his first start, he was obviously off the bench last game uh, and he was playing a bit of his old role and he looked comfortable there. Uh, and overall, they just looked very organized and compact. Like it felt like they were never really threatened. Um, I think uh, the, the, and the numbers kind of backed that up. They allowed just six shots. Anytime you're doing that against Forge, that's good. I think the XG model was a bit generous. It gave forge 0.6. So it, they, they counted that Sissoko chance as 0.3, which kind of felt a bit much. I think, honestly, if you're out of you're sitting, that was an exemplary defensive performance. Uh, and, you know, Zap- Alberto Zapatero was just, he was good in the pocket, good at opening up space. They actually, you know, they breathed a bit more in possession as well. Sometimes against Force, maybe they give up uh, too much of the ball and you end up succumbing to to the pressure. So overall, they kind of did most of what you want to do on the defensive slash possession side of the ball. It just really the only area of struggle is they never really got Ali Bassett going between the lines. They never got John and running at defenders. Uh, and that's where they've been so dangerous this year, and that's uh, where that was really the only area they lacked. And I think that's pretty much what what Carlos said after the game. Like, he's like, "Look, this is, and that's a playoff performance, right?" That's what Carlos said. He's like, "They they defended. They had the desire. They had everything. They're never really going to concede, but you just didn't do enough to to go out and score. And hey, maybe in a playoffs, you, you, you go to penalties and you get a, a a win that way. But in the regular season, you share
1: points. point." You did, you're right. And as you mentioned, they didn't concede again. I think that's their eighth clean sheet this season. And uh, part of that reason, again, has been their excellent standout goalkeeper, Nathan Ingham. Here's what he had to say after this one.
2: Yeah, the whole group, you know, uh, technically they have everything figured out. As uh, one of the things I said in the room before the game was just, um, we're at a point in the season where we know each other quite well. We know our tactics perfectly. We, we understand everything. There's no excuses to concede chances, concede goals, lose games. Um it's all about our effort and our focus at this point, and uh, we just stayed tuned in the whole game, which was great. And, and there's chances to concede, you know, like we did last week from a, you know a good shot from distance. Um, but you know, we probably deserve we deserve the clean sheet tonight. Whereas last week, I don't think we did. We conceded too many chances, and I think that was uh, that came down to focus and, and effort. Really,
1: um, the effort's always there, but yeah, it's just it's easy to tune turn off when you're late in the season and you're getting tired interesting take Uh, what a forge now Uh, they end August on a four game winless run by the way that's their second four game winless run already Uh, let's get some reaction from them here's their head coach Bobby Sminiotis
0: just uh, seems you know we're at a point in the season and if you look at the table uh, we know exactly what's at at stake for for both both teams you know these are games that uh, you must win and you cannot lose uh, and those are tricky, tricky for uh, for both teams. And I think that's what you saw out there. You know, I saw a game that you went through phases of each team um, trying to break down uh, one another, two very good defensive performances, uh, maybe a couple of good chances uh, per team. Um, but I think in these games, is like I said, it's uh, these are matches you cannot lose. And maybe that's why the result is what it is.
1: Alex, Fortune now fifth in the league, having played a game more than all teams above them. Uh, that's the lowest they've ever been at this point in the season in CPL history. Is this team really the fifth best CPL team right now?
6: I think on the basis of performances, I mean, it feels like it's about fitting because I think on terms of talent, I mean, there's a reason why we sat here, uh, you know, a couple months ago and most of us had them in the top three. I don't think lower than the top three, most were one or two, but I think this is it's fair because there's just been a lot of games where... They haven't really gotten the, you know, maybe Ford in the past would have, would have ground one out or defensively they haven't been as good. And I think it's a fair reflection in the sense that they haven't been bad. They had their great start at the beginning, but ever since then it's just kind of been too inconsistent. It's been too chop and turn. Injuries have played a big part. I think we've really realized how important David Chouinier has been, over, you know, over the years, just given how much he has missed. Um so I'd say, yeah, I think this is kind of a, a fair spot for Forge in the sense that they're very much in the title race. They could go on a streak at the end of the year and win it all. Um, but I think, you know, the only team they really have to blame for them sitting in fifth is themselves. And that's kind of how I felt every time I watched them. They're not really, you know, they're beating themselves in a lot of game. And I think reasons for that's defensively. Um, so I guess if you're a Forge fan, you can be encouraged by the fact that they cleaned up a lot defensively against in, in this Ottawa game. And if they keep defending like that, they will have a chance but uh um yeah i think fifth place uh has been a fair summation of their their campaign
1: interesting as you mentioned there's so many people just still waiting for them to bust out and show the real version of themselves but as we get down to it uh running out of time look down the stretch we're going to find out right and that was certainly on the mind of defender dominic samuel after this one
6: these battles with ottawa like they're always they're always going to be like this um heading towards like the last stretch of games they're all going to be playoff games especially with the uh with the points being so close um you know everybody's looking to pick up maximal maximum points and like i said every game is going to look like a playoff game it's going to look like one for sure everybody wants to be at the top everybody wants that that first spot
1: you know just to get that bye on uh, the playoffs so Interesting stuff. All right, we'll finish with you, AGR, the way we finish with everyone. Time for our random list of uh awards and uh see who you get here. And you can bring up a strong contender for it. Oh, you got player of the year as well. Uh, so uh, we Good just job. heard from uh Charlie with uh, Ollie Bassett. Are uh, you got a nominee right now? You're want to throw out there for a player of the year?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it feels like especially after the weekend, you had got to keep pushing Dan Nimick into that, that conversation I think for Halifax, because look, first and foremost, defenders never get enough love for these sorts of awards. It's always a, who can score the goals, who can, you know, who can get a little more flash. Right. So I think the fact that that Dan Nimick has just been an absolute rock on this Halifax team has played every minute. Um, You know, he's scoring too. If you you like that four goals now on the season after this weekend, uh, two assists as well, not bad from a center back, but he's just, completely been a, a rock defensively and it's Halifax is climbing right after what not winning in their first eight games they've been on a tear ever since um they're they're now sitting th- what fourth third ti- well tied for second sorry that's what, what the how the table is so yeah look Dan Nimick if you're looking at what what has made this Halifax team tick for me it's been uh, it's been Dan Nimick and uh, I'd love to see uh you know a defender like him get get some recognition with a potential nomination
1: Wow. I love it. What a great shout that is. And that's also called a segue. Uh, so AGR, thanks so much for this. Appreciate you as ever. Keep up the great work at camp.ca and of course, on one soccer. In fact, before we head to Halifax, reminder, you, you can play CPR predictor weekly brought to you by our friends at Tony Bet, big fans of all things Canadian soccer. Uh, campl.ca slash predictor where you choose the correct scores and you can win lots of money, tickets to games. It's all there on the site. Uh, let's head now to Dan Nimick's Halifax in Nova Scotia where it was wet windy and wild but another w in the win column was all that mattered as they took care of valor by three goals to nil benedict rhodes watch this one for us benny great to see you what went right and what did you like about this one overall and when it came to evaluating the compelling factor for this game
5: yeah like you said it was, a, it was definitely a wet one I mean, that, that had a, a factor in this game for sure even if phil de santos said it didn't you know the ball wasn't I me mean, rolling as it normally would and i think that was interesting to see how the teams adjusted to that um but you know on at the end of the day for this this game went went in halftime scoreless but came out with Halifax with three goals, three points temporarily up to third place. Um is a huge, huge weekend for them. credit to the fans there as well for sticking on the heavy ring. Um just at the end of the day they they outclassed Valor in this game. They took advantage in the big moments, which is something that Phil DeSantos has been harping on all season about how much they, they need to take advantage of these moments. And uh in this game they couldn't do it and, and Halifax did so uh, big win for them. John Marelli back on the score sheet as well. Thomas Girard scored his first professional goal and uh, overall pretty successful day at the office for the Wanderers.
1: Yeah, I think that's eight second-half goals now in their last five games as well. Um, I think they're a really fit team. Uh, and, and and they come alive late in games. They also have ability now to find different ways to win, right? I mean, they're finding different ways. We all know what they're a possession-based team, but they certainly, I think, made it a little bit better defensively. Um, you know, you know Patrice came out at the start of the year, Benny, saying, "I'm i I'm a manager. I'd rather win five four than one nil." Uh, it was nice to hear, but I think even he, he has understood the assignment this year. You can't play games like that always, and you've got to be a little bit more sensible. Uh, so great to see them get that victory, and as you mentioned, it was wet and it was really dull there uh, for a lot. So every credit uh, to for the fan base showing up at the Wanderers grounds. Uh, Benny, this is a you know this is a club record now in points for the season, 29. They've scored in a club record eight straight home games. Um, what makes this team collectively such a threat? What impresses you about them?
5: Yeah, there's a few different things. One thing is they're so deep, right? Like they have so, so much talent in this team. They have uh, Jamarellie at the moment coming off the bench, and you know he can be. One of the best players in this league. When he's fit as he is at the moment, he's, he's playing well. He's enjoying his football, coming off the bench. So when he's able to start starting games more regularly, they're going to have you know one of their other brilliant attackers on the bench. Uh, so I think that's definitely a factor. They can have a, an impact player off the bench uh, at all times, and also they can attack in so many different ways. You know, they can go out wide. They can go on the ground through the middle. They have someone like Dynamic who can who can spray a ball over the top. They have they have so many different ways of, of attacking teams, and. Uh, know that they for a team any opponent playing against them it's it's difficult to maybe game plan against that when there's so many different styles of football that they can play
1: yeah it's a, it's a really good point uh, the depth is uh, uh, <laughs> Enviable, no doubt about it. Other teams are looking at their window thinking, hold on a second. You know, you brought (laughs) in Jordan Peruzzi, you brought in Gian Morelli, you brought in Daniil Henry. um, And, and, you know, look at them and the competition for places is making a big difference as well. Uh, Let's go back to the Wanderers Grounds. Hear from their gaffer. Here's Patrice Geiser.
0: Yeah, I thought we knew that obviously the conditions were not ideal. And obviously Valor came in with a different setup than we expected. They have a lot of uh, strong players, so we knew the game was going to be tight, but we also knew that if we were going to get one, it was going to set, set up the opportunity for the second. So I was really proud of the group for not giving up a lot of chances. Um, we managed the different stages of the game, and you know the the real key was Dan continuing to do what Dan does and scoring that first goal, and obviously Joao and Thiago coming off, and coming on part of me and bringing that energy and Tommy Gerardo scoring his first pro. I mean, uh, there's a lot of good stories in that game that I'm proud of.
1: All right, Benny time for a list of your greats. What's some of those players that I, obviously he mentioned there, Patrice, but on both teams who, who, who caught your eye?
5: Yeah, I've mentioned a couple of them already. Dan Nimmick and Joe Morelli really are two of the best players in this league. And, and both of them are in great form at the moment. I uh, also give a shout to their, their midfield partnership, Omar and Lenzo Caligari were excellent in this game. I mean, you compared more to, to Yaya Torre. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, I guess uh, him and Busquets side by side in the game. Premier League isn't, isn't a bad thing, pretty good. <laughs> uh, they've been excellent for, for a few weeks now, and and Calgary all season, of course. And you know, it takes something special to keep on Drew side out of the side, he's one of the best players in this league as well. And those two are playing so well at the moment that that's what they're doing. Um, on the valor side of things, I also want to give a shout out to Matteo De Bruyne. I thought, uh, you know, first start in a while for him, he's been out injured for for a bit. and, he looked lively and also wonder when it's going to be time for him to maybe get pushed higher up the field and help out with the attack. He's been playing left back all season, but you know, that's not his uh, preferred position their Most natural position. So I'll be interested to see if that's a, a change Phil DeSantos makes in the coming weeks.
1: Yeah, very interesting. We'll get more about Valor in a second, but let's go back and get some reaction from Halifax. Here's Jaume Morelli. I mean,
0: it changes a little bit the the game plan. Obviously, we're a team that we want to pass the ball a lot. Um, it's harder when it's pouring rain like this. I like, I like it when it's like a li- the pitch is a, li- a little bit wet, but it's, it was a lot. I still like it, uh, but it, it's harder to keep the ball in control. And, but I mean, I, I told the boys since, since I came back, I told them uh, we, had to, we have to find ways to win games. It doesn't matter the weather, the situations. If we're playing a, like a bad game, we have to find ways to win games. So I think that's what we did, and uh, we did it in a very good way.
1: The league is better when Morelli's starring and uh he's just a star, no doubt about it. Comes off the bench, gets the goal, does the messy celebration, sets up another one, and uh some fantastic things happening in that right now in Halifax. The opposite is uh, certainly to be spoken about in Winnipeg. Difficult times, no doubt. Uh they end August after two months, July and August, with just one win and just five points now from their last nine games. Difficult times. Here's some of their reaction. Here's their head coach, Philip Dos Santos.
7: If we had the the, the answer to to that problem, we would have probably used that that solution earlier. I think that it's important that the guys don't quit mentally, um, that they stick together, that they stay together. Um, And and I think that, yes, it's work. And and why work? Because work is what's going to help us deal with the moments and certain moments better. Um, I, I feel that we, again, today we, f- we failed to do that. I've, I feel we failed to do that because I think that set play goal was a big moment. Uh, we had, I think, six corner kicks in our favor. We weren't able to capitalize um, and they were able to capitalize on, on theirs. And I think that in a game like today where it's chippy, uh, not a lot of space given by both teams. I think that those moments are very important. They were able to score on one, and and then it, it becomes more difficult.
1: As ever, pretty accurate assessment from Philip Del Sansa. so you have to feel for. Um, Benedict, usually with this team, at least if it didn't go their way, games were quite close. That's now their fifth loss in their last nine when they've been de- defeated by at least two, and there's been a few threes in there as well. Um, what's gone wrong? And, um you know, what did you see there where you can just see how much de- dejection is on their faces that it's, it's not mathematically over for them, but seemingly it's going to be a very, very difficult mountain to climb.
5: Yeah, definitely. I think it's just some, some frustration setting. in. I think maybe trying to overcorrect for some mistakes that they're making. For example, like uh, I think on the Morelli goal, for example, you think of, of the miss attack limit field and, and so many players are out of position uh, and and quickly they, uh, they're able to, uh, how fast are able to go up the pitch and, put the ball in the back of the net again and, and there's more frustration that's in again and again. Um, it's kind of a, a, a spiral that's difficult to get out of. And um, like Phil DeSanto said, they need to just kind of keep sticking there mentally. And if they can can do that and they can try and stay calm, they, they'll they'll have a, a chance mathematically at being in the playoffs. But as you mentioned, it'll be a, a very difficult um, task and uh, the, the chances are seemingly slipping away every week.
1: Yeah, tough, no doubt about it. Uh, the tough mountain to climb for them, and they go to Pacific this weekend as well, so we'll keep an eye on that and what is absolutely a must-win game for them. All right, we'll end with you, Benny, as our usual. Uh, time for our segment where each of our correspondents randomly get a postseason award that they have to come up with a nomination for. Uh, here we go. I'm going to press my generator. And um, Benedict gets Goalkeeper. Uh, goalkeeper of the year. I believe we've had a nomination already from AGR last week for Tristan Henry. Uh, so anybody else other than Tristan that you want to throw out there?
5: Yeah, I think Tristan has to be the front runner, but I'll go for Allstate Nate, Nate Ingham. I think he's been, he's been consistent all season. He's been uh, a flair for the dramatic you know, he's able to make some, some huge saves that some goalkeepers just aren't able to get to. And uh, sometimes he's keeping his team in games or, or keeping his team, Uh, in the lead when they are leading in games. So I think he's been fantastic all year for a few years now, and I think he's probably due for one.
1: All State Nate, I love the nickname, and uh, now against that time where we're rewarding um, you know, the All State goalkeeper of the month as well. So Nate Ingham, I'm sure, will be up for that as a, after a fantastic August as well. Uh, Benedict, you put in a fantastic August. We always appreciate you, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week as the September continues and we get closer to the end of the season. Great work again. Thanks for your time on this one. The final stop of the show takes us to York United, where the Nine Stripes welcomed Vancouver on Friday night, knowing that they really needed three points to keep pace in the playoff race. Uh, Mitchell Tierney was there for us. Great to see you, Mitch. So much to like about this one. Vancouver played their part, as they often do, but in the end, York narrowly edged it. What number out of 10 would you give this one for a compelling factor, and why? What did you like about it?
8: Yeah, I'll give it a a 7.5 out of 10 just in terms of its significance and and the late drama as well. I think in a lot of ways, York might have rescued their season on Friday night after another shaky start and allowing Gabby Bittar to score in the 11th minute. They really just kept coming, kept pressing, kept working hard and and without the ball. um, And, you know, they get their reward in the form of a a controversial penalty uh, late on and then substitute Austin Ricci comes in. He plays hero you know for for york team that hadn't won in four matches hadn't won at home in in well over two months and you know this is just a, a notable result for them and, and a performance that i think showed the the heart of this group um, in coming back in that way
1: yeah it was a big moment you could you, you alluded to it um, you know they've given away points a lot lately uh, it was time for them to rescue it back right I mean you're ticking towards the 80th minute Vancouver actually playing well at that point as well they've made some changes to, to their system and shape as well and some personnel uh, it was there to, it was there for the taking and if Vancouver had got something from this game I think York would have looked at that league table with dejection but as you alluded to I like that almost rescued their season and Fell to Austin Ricci, and uh, when he hits them, man, does he hit them hard. And, you know, one of the sure best goalkeepers in the league, Callum Irving, could not stop that. Uh, that was a great strike, Mitch.
8: Yeah, it absolutely was. And, you know, shades of him against the the Vancouver Whitecaps, a, a different side earlier in the season in the Canadian Championship. Uh, you know, it's nice to see Ricci healthy and and kicking again for this York team. And he, he's he been an important player for them. He showed up in, in a lot of moments like this and, and won the matches. So um yeah really good to see him healthy and and firing again
1: yeah we'll hear from him shortly mitch once again we see another cpl game where a team was unable to really hold on and keep that win that's been just a season of, of of consistent changes all the time uh this time it was york united that came back and this time they've been on the wrong end of that sometimes um this was a really a game where they needed to show that resilience and quality and just find a way to win no
8: yeah, absolutely. I mean, more than the fact that it would have been six points uh, out of the playoff picture with six remaining. You know, if they can't beat the the team at the bottom of the table at home um, with this many games remaining, then how do you expect them to go next week and get a result in Halifax or, or host Pacific in Cavalry uh, later this month at home and get the results they need to to get back above that line? So. Um, for as much as we talk about tactics and game plans, you know, the the work rate of this team and not dropping their heads. I mean, I mean, in matches like this where you've got 22 shots, uh, you're dominating possession, there's a temptation to in those moments um, where you get into the final third and it doesn't go your way to just throw your hands up and be like, oh, this isn't our day. But uh, I really like the the fight on second balls. You know, they won the ball 10 times in the final third. And it was a lot of those, you know, uh, called. Cult- the more luxury players, Babuli, Santos, you know, those guys that are usually about the trickery who are winning the ball back for them. Um, I highlighted Santos in my analysis because, you know, he just kept going forward. It kept not working for him, but he has 16 touches in the box, 13 dribble attempts. He kept going at the defenders. Uh, wasn't a penalty, but he gets rewarded for continuously working like that. And that's their breakthrough moment. And, you know, Ricci comes off the bench, wins it for them. I think just seeing that resilience from them both externally and internally, it should give them the confidence to, to believe that they are still in this playoff fight.
1: Yeah, crucial win after, obviously, a four-game winless run for York United. Let's go back and hear from their head coach. Here's Martin Nash.
0: I, I think, you know, because it was only his second game with us, I wanted to play a, a more senior back four in front of him. Um, I thought he did well. He obviously had no chance on the goal. I thought he, uh, he managed... Managed the game well even at the end he, he rushed a few things in the first game but he was a lot calmer today um no i, w- I was pleased with his performance and you know even had that tough knuckle at the end i was looking straight at it going oh and he you know uh, was able to parry it to himself so um no it was good for him to you know get a win and um and it was good for the guys we needed that it's been a few games now that we've played well but not won. so uh, it's good to get the three points and kind of put ourselves back in the picture
1: Nash highlighting the efforts of his goalkeeper, Adisa Di Rosario, in just his second start this season. Uh, Individually, let's keep that theme going. Mitch, time for the list of your greats. Who stood out for you above the rest on each team?
8: Yeah, we've already talked about uh, Kevin Santos, and uh, Nash did a good job of highlighting Adisa Di Rosario there, but uh, Ricci, his impact off the bench, uh, Jeremy Gagnol Lappare was everywhere in this match. I think he created six chances, um, which is ridiculous. Um, Paris G., Having missed out last week, he's such an important player for them in terms of how they can build out of the back. And you see that on the goal, his ball into to Brian Wright. Uh, so important to have him uh, in the lineup and down the stretch. And I thought there was some some great performances on the Vancouver side as well, um, particularly their wingers, uh, Batar and Kentave, how they combined on that goal, but even how they played throughout and, and their defensive efforts. And uh, Rocco Romeo continues to be a, a you know big force for them at the back there. His goal line clearance was unbelievable. In a moment that looked like York had won it uh, a little earlier than they had, Um, to have the defensive awareness there was impressive. And, you know, he's a big reason why they were able to to hold on for so long. So, those are some of the players I liked.
1: Yeah, a lot of good players on this game, a really competitive game. Um, and, And great to see, you know, what sixth versus eighth. Uh, Felt like just as good as watching one versus two or three versus four this weekend. That's really what I know is the overall quality on the pitch uh, I thought was terrific. Uh, Let's talk uh, Vancouver FC shortly. But before that, let's go back to York Lion Stadium and Charlie O'Connor-Clark, our very own Charlie, caught up with the goal-scoring hero after the match. Here's Austin Ricci.
2: Joined here at York Lions Stadium by Austin Ricci. Post-game reaction brought to you by Allstate. Austin, you guys are down at halftime. It's level when you come into the game. 2-1, 2-1, you win. Tell me how good it feels to, to get those three points.
4: Nah, it's good coming into the game. I mean, you always want to play and, and, and get on the field and get minutes, but what are you going to do? Whatever minutes you get, you got to come on and try to make an impact, so that's what I tried to do. You guys knew that coming into this game, this is three points you really needed, playing it at, at home against a team that's at the
2: bottom of the table how important was it to get these three points and what was kind of the the mentality
4: to fight your way back into this game? Uh, To me, it's simple. This might not sound the best, but when you play teams like this at the bottom of the table, they're must-win games, especially when you're in a playoff race and you're out of it. Uh, I think this was our season on the line if we didn't pick up three points here. So there was no other result that we could get. You mentioned it a little bit already,
2: but when you come into this game with the score one all, what was the direction from
4: Nashie and the staff for you to come in? And, and you know what is the feeling when you score a goal like that? Uh, directions pretty much go on and score, make a difference and try to make an imprint on the game. And feels good feels good you know hopefully this uh leads to more coming up yeah like as as we said this is a a result you guys needed you're right back in that race i think you're level now
2: before ottawa and and halifax have played but you're right in there uh how much excitement is there
4: for this race to be you know right in there in in that group yeah i mean i spoke a few weeks ago it's pretty much you win a game you jump a few spots you lose a game you drop a few spots so it's super tight um we only got six games left so every point's crucial and Hopefully this is the start to many more. Just lastly, as you said, you know, back in the win
2: column. Don't have that many games left, but you do have quite a few of them at home. How much does this win here maybe
4: give you something to build on next week and the week after? Yeah, it's good. We haven't been great at home. We've been better away this year. Um, So hopefully we can, uh, actually we have an away game next, but after that we get to settle in here for the whole month. So... Hopefully, this uh, sets the tone for those games to come. Absolutely. And Austin Ricci,
2: goal-scoring hero off the bench for York United. Three points over Vancouver FC. Austin, thank you so much.
1: You mentioned the away game. They got a Halifax next Monday for their traditional Monday holiday game, where York United often play well on holiday Mondays at the Wanderers' Grounds. So keep an eye on that. Let's talk Vancouver FC, Mitch. Uh, before we get into your take on them, let's go back and get some reaction. Here's their head coach, Afshvin Gottbeek.
7: What I like about this is the discipline tactically that we showed. Uh, we stayed within uh, the game plan, and I think the, the first goal was a perfect uh, 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 team goal, defending well as a team, pressing high, winning the ball, with, and a great finish by Gabi. Uh, I would have liked to keep the ball longer in the team in the first half. I thought in the second half we even played better, and uh, we should have scored the second goal when Gabby rolled the ball back to Diaz, and, and those are the chances you have to finish on the away matches to get all three points.
1: All right, Mitch, let's get into this team a little bit. And he talks about wanting to keep the ball more. That was what I got from watching the game. Uh, And I want you to tell me if I'm being a bit unfair for wanting a little bit more now uh, from them when I look at their 11. Uh, Last week, they were very good early. They beat Pacific, we know, but they took the lead. And then when they were leading, they got too deep for me. And lost control of the game, conceded two goals. Then only woke up when they were losing and came back to win. This week they played really well, got the lead, and then when they were winning one 0 I felt like they could have gone on and got more. But they almost sacrificed that possession again and got deeper and deeper. And in the end, it cost them. Is are we should we see a little bit more from this team? When I think of Garcia and Simmons in the team and Batar, Fry's been a good addition. You know, you, you, I, I want a little bit more possession now. Is that fair?
8: I think so, especially because when we see them in possession, I mean, there's really good things that uh, that they can do. Um, the goal against Pacific last week, uh, an obvious example, and there were some moments in this game as well, especially in the second half where they were able to get on the ball and move it really nicely among their players. But w- when you get so deep like that, it is very hard to hold possession because one of the things they did pretty well was any time a York player had the ball, especially at the top of the box, he's surrounded, he's swarmed, um, nobody or he's not getting through and they did a great job of that. But once they win the ball back, okay, you've got like six guys within like a few yards and now you have to break out. And, okay. Maybe you can get it up to Bitar. And, and obviously those, 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 wingers are very good at holding the ball and, and sometimes getting forward, but th- they don't have anyone with them. So it was often a one man Bitar run up the field and maybe he'd lose it. Maybe he'd get a half chance. Um, but that was too often where things broke down for them. So I think, yes, I, th- I think there are, as kind of they finish up this season and now I think it's pretty clear, you know, the, the playoffs have, have sailed beyond them. But they're still going to play in some important matches and some high-pressure situations. And um, with the the amount of veterans they have in this team now, you'd like to see a, a little bit more because the, the longer, you know, you sit back like that, wrong decisions or, or mistakes from both officials or, or your players, they're, they're going to happen. Um, and, you know, it's going to be the difference between winning matches and, and you know, losing them like this.
1: Yeah, look, their, their depth needs to get strengthened. And every credit that they've done that this season and they didn't sacrifice it, they moved on. And they, they moved on some players and they felt they need to adjust. Um I think when they've got their best eleven, I think it's very, very good. Uh, a very, you know, very competitive in this league, and hopefully that depth can help can help them going forward. Um, There's still a lot to be excited about around this team. Let's go back and get some player reaction Here's defender Rocco Romeo.
9: Well, well, as like we stuck to the game plan, us as players, um, you know, leading up to the week, we knew how York was going to play and like what the key players they like to exploit. So we just try to take away that from them, and you know, being uh, playing here last time they. Like to build out, and sometimes they make mistakes on the on the build us, So the, like today again, we capitalized on that. Um, you know, a couple of decisions weren't uh, weren't in our favor, and you know sometimes it can get a bit frustrating because it happens week after week. But regardless of that, we had a lot of chances to uh, to really put the game away. And sometimes you know, like you said, being on the road and being away, you know you have to finish these chances to put the game away. Um, but you know, I'm very proud of the boys. You know, we didn't stop for, for 90 minutes. Um, but you know, it's, it's just these things happen. Sometimes it's football. You know, so just have to bounce back and, and reset now.
1: Vancouver get to reset against Forge this Sunday at home. Get out there, get your tickets, and watch that game. They always play Forge really, really closely so far this season, where they've got one draw, one win, and one narrow loss. All right, in the home stretch, time for our new segment with our, each of our correspondents that we debuted last week. Uh, each correspondent gets a postseason award nomination where they have to come up with a contender for it. Let's hit my random word generator for this one, and Mitchell, we get under 21 award oh, no. winner actually that's you actually wrote about this last week a little bit so that's is true this has worked out well for you uh but this is tough there's a lot of really strong contenders i i think thinking about this myself i've got like eight or nine names so pick one who, who do you like at the moment as a potential
8: yeah i think the under 21 race looks a lot like the cpl standings right now where there's like six guys tied on 32 points or what have you but <laughs> right. um I'll, I'll still go with uh, De Brienne. I think he was the leader early on. He, he's coming back now, obviously. Uh, Valor having a, a difficult you know, stretch right now. But um, as they push late, I think this is a guy who, in a new position, has shown all kinds of quality this year. So uh, I'll go with Mateo.
1: Matteo de Brienne. OK, I like that. As again, no uh, no right or wrong answers here, just nominations at the moment and still a long way to go. Mitchell, stay with me. Let's take a look at the standings. Uh, what a what a picture this is. Uh, it's incredible. Rod Cavalry got a bit of a gap now, four points at to the top. Uh, but Mitchell, that race from two all the way down to six is uh, incredibly enticing.
8: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it keeps we keep looking for answers every week, and it just keeps getting closer. And uh, I don't know how it can possibly be closer than this right now. So yeah, just incredibly exciting. And this is exactly what you want as a neutral is for it to be this close and really six teams, five positions. Um, Let's go now. Let's see uh, who can rise above the rest.
1: Cavalry on 36, Pacific on 32 right behind them. And then obviously very, very close after that. let's go Ottawa 32, Halifax 32, Forge 32, York 29. Forge and York have played that one game extra. Let's look at next week's schedule. Four games across three days in week 21 of the Canadian Premier League. Pacific take on Valor in the Tony Bet match of the week. That's at Saturday, one o'clock, local kickoff time Out West on Saturday night, the doubleheader continues. Athletico Ottawa take on Cavalry, another big game, another great Saturday night in the nation's capital at 7 o'clock local. One game on Sunday, 2 o'clock local out West sees Vancouver take on Forge, another big game there. And on Monday, the traditional holiday Monday bank holiday uh, special in Halifax, Nova Scotia, as the Wanderers take on York United at 3 o'clock local on holiday Monday. Every team still has something to play for. No team still has been officially eliminated. What each team are fighting for may be different, but once again, we know every game matters. That's what all the teams are talking about. And the final word this week goes to the young Matteo Di Briano Vala, a team that may be down, but still not out. Thanks for watching, everybody.
2: I just want to see a full-out war for the next seven games. You know, we're all in this fight for, for one reason... The playoff spot, but I can't think too far ahead. I'm thinking one game at a time, and hopefully next week, next week is is, is our week.